0: Welcome to episode 25 of Social Anxiety Solutions, your journey to social confidence. My name is Sebastian van der Schrier, and I'm an ex-social anxiety disorder sufferer. Thanks to energy psychology and the help of some brilliant therapists, I've been able to become anxiety-free, and I'm comfortable and relaxed in social situations. Now, on this show, I interview experts each week to explore different social anxiety solutions from both Western traditional psychology as well as Eastern energy psychology. So each week... We'll put new tools into your toolkit to enhance your social confidence. Today, Brad Yates and I will be discussing the importance of self-love. Here's a bit about Brad. Brad is a certified hypnotherapist and he's known as an emotional freedom expert. He's taught EFT tapping to CEOs, professional athletes, and award-winning actors. He's known for his creative and often humorous use of EFT, and he's also appeared in the film The Tapping Solution. Brad, thank you for being on the show with us.
1: Well, my pleasure, Sebastian. I'm happy to be here.
0: Okay, great. Well, we want to um, get to know you a bit and hear some words of wisdom and inspiration, and we do that in The Inspiration Round. So, Brad, I know from experience that uh, overcoming social anxiety can be quite a struggle. For me, it took quite a long time to to fully resolve it. And, you know, for some people, they can overcome it really quickly. Other people, you know, they need some more persistence and it will be something that happens over a period of time. And that's why we're doing the inspiration round each week. We want to be able to inspire the people listening to this to to keep moving forward, to hear stories of other people and to get a perspective that empowers and inspires them to keep going until they have that effortless social confidence where they're free to be themselves around others. Um, As I do with every person that comes on the show, I have a little bit of a pre-talk and I always ask them if they had social anxiety themselves, which I did with you as well. I didn't get a full answer, so I'm curious.
1: (laughs) I have definitely had, uh, you know, probably never uh, crippling social anxiety, but I have definitely been socially awkward. Uh, You know, there have been a number of parties I've gone to where I find myself alone in a room making it look like I'm fascinated by what's on the wall. (laughs) It's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not avoiding anybody. I'm just really interested in this particular uh, pattern of wallpaper right uh, here. here. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how the patterns all connect. Um, from Just from my own insecurities and, and the feeling of, I'm not sure anybody really wants to talk to me, and so I'll make it look like I'm not avoiding it. I'm just, uh, I have something else that I'm interested in.
0: Right, right. Because everyone, <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, it's it's funny how many people, uh, you know, clients I work with, they say, yeah, well, I, you know, I'm i so messed up and other people don't have any problems. And some of the other yeah. experts brought this up as well. It's like, hello, everyone has these issues and everyone, when they look uncomfortable, they pretend to be comfortable. You know, everyone yes. is doing that.
1: We have our defense mechanisms and our, our ways of, uh, you know, dealing with it that, you know, sometimes work and, and sometimes don't. Yeah. But, uh, hmm.
0: and, yeah. and, uh, did, did you work with any clients with social anxiety?
1: No, I haven't, I in my one-on-one clientele, I haven't worked with, uh, with folks on that. Uh, I have at least one video specifically on, on social awkwardness. Um, and a number of the videos of my videos are along those lines. And so I have heard from people who've said what a difference it has made, and how they're much more comfortable in their skin in different environments.
0: Okay, great. Uh, The video uh, Brad is referring to, Brad has a lot of videos on YouTube, and you'll be able to find those on the, uh, I'll link to it on the show notes page, which you can find at socialanxietysolutions.com forward slash Brad. B-R-A with a D. All right. So then (laughs) we, uh, I'm sure that since the topic is self-love, you you may have experienced a transformation in a client where you focused on uh, that particular issue. Is that maybe a a story that you can share with us? Uh,
1: I'm trying to think of one in particular, Um, because ultimately I think all of my work uh, is about self-love. It's Getting people to to really love themselves, really feel good about themselves, which is really key in dealing with social anxiety, any any kind of feeling of we're not good enough. You know, um, I mean, I even in just in my own life, that's been a huge thing for me. I mean, as, as any of us tapping practitioners know, the great thing is we can tap on ourselves while we're working with clients, and yeah. so we're, we're always clearing our stuff. Mm-hmm. So the more I work with other people, the more I get to uh, clear my own stuff about why I couldn't or shouldn't uh, love myself more. So I feel much more comfortable in public than I used to. Mm. Uh, and and definitely working with folks, and I'm, I'm trying to think, has it ever, you know, it's often not specifically defined as we're talking about self-love, but in the process of clearing out the things that are going on, whether it's stuff, you know, that's current uh, relationship stuff or things from the past. And as they let go of the, uh, the uptight feelings they have about those things, the, the triggers, the emotional stuff they're still carrying, they take more, uh, they take more action. They feel more comfortable. They, uh, they find they get different results. So, it's always hard for me to pick out one in particular.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I guess one of one of them was uh, there was a woman who, um, uh, an older woman who had been served divorce papers on her birthday twenty years earlier, and this was still wow. upsetting twenty years later. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a lot of self esteem things around that, <laughs> and you know, actually in a very short uh, short period of tapping was able to separate what it meant about her from just how uh, inappropriate her ex-husband's behavior was.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, uh, and her self-esteem went way up. She was able to, you know, this, this event that had troubled her for 20 years. Now she was laughing about Mm -hmm. no longer an emotional um, thing. And so herself, her level of self-love went up because she had, this incident had Compromised herself, love. You know, how can you love yourself? You know, who who could be lovable uh, with, uh, or, or who would do something like this to somebody who is lovable? Mm. Obviously, that that he would do this to me on my birthday of all days uh, just proves that I'm not lovable. And to move through that and recognize, no, this has nothing to do with how lovable. Mm. I am. Mm. You know, we may not have gotten along, and that. You know, there's two sides to every story. It takes two to tango or or not tango, as the case may be. But uh, but for her to to recognize this is not a a statement about how lovable she was as a person. And so she was able to feel more self-love, and her whole uh, demeanor just
0: changed dramatically. Hmm. It's amazing how sometimes um, there's... um, one big event where someone really loses uh that's that's it's not always the case but when when that happens it can be a quite a profound shift in that person's life when that event is no longer bothering them
1: yeah, yeah. that's that's what's great and that why it's always talked about being specific with eFt is when we can find you know when there's an event like that that presents itself where it's like oh I know the moment that I really got upset mm-hmm. and then we can really go in and just tap that out and then can be huge. And it was interesting in this case because it was so much later in life whereas so many of these defining moments are uh, much earlier in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh Brad, when uh people are listening to this and they've tried a lot of things to overcome their social anxiety, um, you know, changing their thoughts, forcefully facing their fears, you know, gritting their teeth and going for it and affirmations and visualizations and they're they're stuck and they fear they have to live with their social anxiety for the rest of their lives. What would you say to someone like that?
1: Yeah, in that case, it's the, the social anxiety, the fear that's there is like a wall and it's like, okay, how about if I run straight at it? Oh, Okay, that didn't work. How about if I Run sideways at it. Oh, that didn't work. How about if I, you know, bend over and charge headfirst against it? And we're trying all these different things. And to me, tapping is like, well, how about if we just tear down the wall and just chip away at that, and and find what are the things, you know, what are the bricks that have created this wall? Okay, and maybe you know, some really big events. It may be a, a wall made out of a few big boulders from events like this woman's being served with divorce papers or a, a parent saying to a child, you'll never amount to anything. And sometimes it's a lot of little bricks. And as we tap along, we clear these things out. Sometimes, you know, we, we get fortunate and we can tap on one or two of them and the whole wall just falls down. And then we're no longer trying to slam up against it or through it. We just step through where the wall used to be and we just pull the... Um, you know the foundation out from that fear that causes the anxiety
0: mm. I, I love that metaphor that, that's, that's great and very visual and it illustrates it so well. And that's because the common, this is important to hear because the common belief out there for uh, the social anxiety community is that, well, there's only one way to overcome your fear and that is by going through it. You know, we have all these quotes, you know, just do it. You know, um, do the thing you fear and the fear, uh, you know, the, the, the death of fear is certain and, I know from personal experience that is not the case. Like I did the weirdest things to try to overcome my fears. I fear I faced my biggest fears, and yes, I did get confidence, but that confidence was only temporary, and it would leave me soon again. And it was only until I started doing the inner work and you know kind of what you're you know know, a lot of what you just described in that metaphor uh, until that fear actually started to leave, and you know I started to love myself within the theme of this uh, podcast <laughs> and uh, the anxiety left.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I th- there are times I'm sure that with some, uh, with some clients, uh, aversion therapy or exposure therapy or uh, things like that can provide some benefits, mm. but it's, it's painful. Yeah. <laughs> and there there are much more nurturing and, and peaceful ways to do it. And the thing is, we hate change. Part of us is totally against change. So when we are given uh, one of these modalities, there's a part of us that is like, I, I don't want it to work because then I'm going to have to deal with. You know, the thing is that every issue we have is designed to protect us. Mm. Social anxiety isn't a, isn't a, so much a, a character defect as a defense mechanism. It's, it's a way of protecting ourselves. Somewhere along the line, we learned that we weren't safe. Uh, it may be a totally mis, total misunderstanding of what happened. In fact, most of the time, it is a misunderstanding of what happened, misinformation. But based on that, we have gotten the idea that I'm not safe in certain situations or around certain people. Yep. And so... There's a part of me that's like, why on earth do I want to change that? This is keeping me safe. Mm. You know, that's like, uh, you know, being out on on the sea and it's like, and being told, okay, now get rid of your uh, life raft. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, not going to do that. Mm. So as long as we perceive we're out at sea, as long as I, you know, when I go into a social situation when there's people around, and I, and I feel about as safe as somebody lost at sea, I'm not about to give up the, this fear that tells me, you know, go stare at the wallpaper <laughs> or, or, or not even show up. Yeah. Don't even show up at the party. Whatever that is, is designed. To, so there's a part of me that's going to resist change. And again, that's the stress that comes up that as we tap, we relieve that stress and we start to go, okay, I can calm down and I can look at this. But when we just try to do exposure therapy, it's uh, all that stuff is coming up, and you know maybe over time we might just get so exhausted that you know maybe we just we build up a tolerance to it or something. But to, we're not to, dealing to with degree, what's underneath. Typically.
0: It. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead, let's go in and find out, okay, what are the beliefs that are causing me to have this this defense mechanism? What are these beliefs that are causing me to believe I have to be this way in order to protect myself? And then there's another layer of after a while, it becomes part of our identity. You know, I don't know who I would be if I was comfortable in a social situation. Mm. And uh, and other people wouldn't know who I am. You know, people take care of me at parties now because they know I'm – I'm, uh, anxious. If I didn't have that, people might say, oh, well, then we'll just leave you alone and we'll uh, we'll go over here. Mm. And then I'll have to deal with a new situations. So as long as I maintain this anxiety, even if I go to a party, I've got people who hang around and take care of me. Yeah. So we have all of these reasons why we don't want to let it go. It's not a simple matter of, um, oh, you know, I've got a, a really hot rock in my hand and I just it's so uncomfortable I'm just going to drop it. <laughs> nice to think that we could just oh just just drop it just let it go but there's a reason why it's there because we believe it's protecting us and so as we can break down all these reasons why we think that we need it then we start to see oh you know what i i'm safer than i thought i was
0: mm. and and these um you know perceived disadvantages or downsides of letting go of it and you know the perceived upsides of keeping it these are things that we've kind of gathered from the moment we've gotten anxious over time and it will take you know sometimes some detective work to figure out what that is uh, but you can do it and it's a fairly gentle process of letting go of that. I also just want to point out that while While I'm saying that, hey, exposure therapy is just running into a wall, it's not that you you want to tap and just sit on your room and never go out and expose yourself. To the contrary, you know, in order for change to happen, you actually need to get out of your house and talk to people. But the tapping will really help facilitate that process, and you also feel more motivated in and of itself to, um, yeah.
1: yeah. That actually does remind me of uh, a client I did actually work with some time ago. Um, actually, it was a... Uh, young a girl who's about 11 years old who uh, had social anxiety and could not go to school and, and so we did some tapping to the um, got more fully idea and then her mom and I and she uh, got into the car and drove down to so it wasn't just, well, let's just stay at home and tap. So we actually went to school, and we sat in the car and tapped. And that one particular time, she chose not to get out of the car at that time, but she was able to be in the parking lot where she previously couldn't even get close to school. Mm. And um, that was the one time I worked with her, but they continued to, to tap with her. And eventually, she was able to go back to school. And it was great, because she had an agreement with the teachers that at any time, if she needed to, she could excuse herself and go into another room and tap. Mm. And uh, and then I, I I didn't see her for about two years later, and uh, went to a track meet and saw her um, racing in a, in a track meet wow. out there with all these kids and just totally fine out there with all these people.
0: Awesome, awesome, but, yeah, very inspiring. Well, I think that's a that's a great story to move on to the next round, which is the topic of the day. So we talk about self-love today because this is something that people with social anxiety struggle with and most people know it's important and some people do consciously want to love themselves but they just can't seem to make it happen and that's why we're talking to Brad. So Brad, uh, first of all, what does it mean to love yourself and how does it feel? It feels
1: good. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It feels really good. It's... uh you know, it's, it's a level of self-appreciation, um, <clears throat> a recognition of how fantastic we really are. You know, that's just trying to get people to recognize how fantastic they really are. And it's uh it's a feeling of confidence, a feeling of joy, uh, a sense of gratitude for who we are and what we have. So all kinds of high vibrational level, um, uh, feelings and, you know, and letting go of these reasons why we couldn't or shouldn't love ourselves. Mm. Cause there are a lot of, we have a lot of our own reasons and then we have a lot of messages, uh, you know, from society or from our parents about, you know, Oh, you shouldn't love yourself. Don't, don't talk too well of yourself. And
0: yeah, don't be so full of yourself. Really,
1: yeah. You should, you should disparage yourself and you don't want to be arrogant. And, uh, to me, arrogance isn't self-love. Arrogance is is the pretense of self-love. It's you you're trying to convince someone is trying to convince themselves how great they are. And they may they may seem convinced. But arrogance requires putting yourself above others. And I don't believe that anyone who really loves themselves needs to put themselves above others. Mm. I think that when we truly acknowledge how fantastic we are, we naturally see how fantastic other people are! Yeah. So there's no longer there's no longer a competition thing. So that that feeling of people who think, "Oh, I'm so great," you know, don't even bother me. You're not worth my time. That, that's someone who's who's kidding themselves. They're conning themselves that that they have that uh, they really think they're fantastic. But people who feel really good just aren't that mean.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, when. Um this, this is something I um, dealt with for a very long time, like a, a problem with self-love, with de- which then manifested itself in arrogance. S- so much so that uh, when I came here in the Philippines, I live in the Philippines, when I came here at first, this is maybe um, maybe seven years ago, I guess, six or seven years ago, uh, they called me Hambugero. Which means uh, like proud and boastful American. I'm not even American, but you know, let's just say (laughs) it's not the best of nicknames. And uh, but yeah, it it it's again, it's a defense mechanism, right? Because you don't feel great about yourself, but you want other people to think that you do feel great about yourself. So there you go. Hmm. Yeah, I remember
1: college being when I was uh, had you know was in fairly had a certain level of social awkwardness. So I was kind of standoffish, um, and people misread that as arrogance. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like he thinks he's so great, doesn't even talk. us like, no, just afraid to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, but the way I covered it up is, I, I guess I kind of adopted an attitude like, no, no, I'm cool, um, and it came across as uh, as as being arrogant, and stuck up, and it's like, yeah, that wasn't how I was feeling at all.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, we play some interesting games (laughs) socially.
1: Yes, we do. Human Hmm. beings are fascinating.
0: Hmm. Um, Kind of all uh, mingles in uh, the questions, but um, a lack of self-love, how could that be related to feeling anxious around others?
1: Well, if we don't feel... uh, If we're not good enough to love ourselves how on earth are we going to be good enough for other people to love us? <laughs> mm-hmm. if, we, uh, if we think poorly of ourselves, we're naturally going to expect others to think poorly of us. Yeah. In, in fact, when we expect that others are thinking poorly of us, that's a good sign that uh, we're thinking poorly of ourselves. You know, We have an expression, oh, you're putting words in my mouth. Well, we also put thoughts in other people's minds. You know, we're, we're looking at people and like, ah, oh, that person thinks I'm a jerk. Oh, that person over there thinks I'm not worth their time. And it's like, we have no idea what they're thinking. Hmm. So whose thoughts are they? There are ours. <laughs> I think I'm not worthy of that person's time. But one of the ways I defend myself and is to convince myself that that's what they're thinking. No, no, no. I think I'm fine. It's, they're the ones who, and then we manifest that. Um, like, like you said the, a little while ago, you were talking about how you know these things show up over and over that uh, from that first time that prove to us uh, or that build on that social anxiety, and it's because as human beings we love to prove ourselves right. We'd rather be right than happy, and because we create our reality, then we're going to create it to support what we believe about ourselves. So we get into a situation where someone treats us poorly uh and we get, and we say, Oh, that person just proved again that I'm not good enough that feels miserable, but at the same time, all right, I was right again hmm. yay hmm. I'm so smart yeah so there's a part of us that loves to prove ourselves right over and over, and so we will go into situations sometimes and a person could be perfectly nice, but we'll misread it it will misinterpret it such that we can prove ourselves right about how that person didn't like us
0: yeah
1: you know we because it's all perception. So we can perceive it, you know, and we could later say to someone, wow, that person was so rude to me. And they're like, huh? <laughs> what planet are you on? So we, you know, we keep developing that and either it's our perception or we actually manifest. We might even, you know, trigger somebody else in order to get a, an unfriendly response and then go, oh, see? I'm right again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Brad, what what are common causes of people struggling with self-love?
1: Well, we have a lot of reasons, a a lot of things we may have been told about self-love, like that it's arrogant, it's conceited. So just the concept alone of self-love might seem unsafe. It might seem undesirable based on what we've been told about it. Then we have our, our own personal reasons for believing why we're unworthy of love. And it may be the way that other people have treated us. It may be things that people have said to us. You know, maybe we've been told either directly or through, uh, or maybe our interpretation of something that someone has done or said that says, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not good enough. This, this belief of I'm not good enough. And, uh, and then it may also be based on behavior. A lot of times uh, when I'm tapping with folks about self-love, they'll say, well, I'm not worthy of love because I did this really awful thing. Uh, I hurt somebody. I behaved badly. I committed this crime. I did this or that. And I'll often say to them, well, you're kind of putting the the cart before the horse here. Um, It's not that you're a bad person, unworthy of love because you did this behavior. Chances are you did this thing because you didn't feel worthy of love because people who really know they're worthy of love who recognize how fantastic they are tend to not do those kinds of things mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you know nobody's perfect we make mistakes but you recognize oh i made a mistake there as opposed to i'm a bad person and so i shouldn't be loved and so as we go back and with the te- and again the thing about change, there's a part of us that resists change. So when we talk about learning to love ourselves more, part of us says, "Oh, that sounds really good." Another part says, "That's different. That's change, and we're going to experience stress." And whatever attempts we try to make, we're we're going to often back away from that. We're going to give up on it. It's going to feel too stressful. So the tapping mitigates that stress and allows us to recognize, "Wow, self love would really be a win win situation for uh, for me and everybody else." This would be good. What are the reasons why I'm not loving myself? Oh, I've been told it's arrogant to love myself. Tap, tap, tap. No, oh, that doesn't make any sense. That's a misunderstanding. Um, okay, well, I did these bad things. Tap, tap, tap. No, oh, I made some poor choices based on some misunderstanding, particularly about myself. I don't need to do that again. I'm an inherently good person. I'm inherently worthy of love. And uh, I'll make amends for what I've done in the past, and I'll strive to do better. Um You know, maybe, and if there are other reasons like, well, uh, this person told me I'd never amount to anything, tap, tap, tap. Boy, that person really couldn't see who I was. Mm. That person must have been having a really bad day. (laughs) Or maybe I totally misunderstood what they were saying. Uh, And that's not, that may not have even been the words they said. And that's just what I heard. Mm. And so as we give ourselves that freedom to investigate and, and look at these past events or these beliefs, and clear out the stress that we're feeling, and we can recognize, wow, those things just aren't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And then I and I believe that self love really is at the core of who we are. There's a part of us that absolutely loves ourselves. Even self sabotage is misguided self love. The the times that we beat ourselves up and tell ourselves how awful we are, which doesn't look like self love, but the only reason we do that is because it, we believe it's keeping us safe. It's keeping us in a comfort zone where we believe that we can handle things. It, you know, it, it may be crap, but it's our crap. Yeah. <laughs> I know where it goes. I, I know where to put it. I, I handled it yesterday. I can handle it today. I can't handle new crap, so I'll stick with the old crap. So um, we we stay in that place. So uh, as we tap and clear out the, the resistance to change, we allow ourselves to see, to, to clear away um, these old ways of protecting ourselves with um, harmful thoughts, harmful behavior.
0: Hmm. Uh, I think that's a um, a great explanation, Brad. And as as, as I would summarize it, uh, as I hear what you're saying, is like there's a a resistance to loving yourself, and there are reasons for why you don't love yourself and you want to address all these resistances with the tapping you want to address all the reasons for why you're not loving yourself and as you do that step by step the beliefs that are in the way of your natural self-love are starting to chip away or the wall that you spoke of earlier all the, all the, all the bricks in that wall will go away and you get to a place where you're you know where you're able to love yourself and you feel good about yourself and you have that warmth and um, you know, empathy, and uh, you feel connected and confident, and that kind of stuff.
1: I, you know, I often refer to my work as uh, the Michelangelo process because Michelangelo would say this, the, his statues were already there, perfect inside the marble. He could see them there, and all he had to do was chip away at the marble and just chip away what didn't belong to reveal the magnificence that's already in there. Uh, to me, it's the same with human beings, and that. You know, that fantastic ideal image, that ideal person who's confident and self-loving and loving of others and able to make great choices and do great things is already there inside the marble. And all that excess marble outside is doubt and fear and guilt and shame and all this stuff that we hang on to because we keep, we feel safer. You know, it's having all this excess marble around us keeps us safer. Mm. Uh, and with the tapping, we're just chipping away what doesn't belong. So a- as we keep chipping that stuff away, we're naturally going to reveal that uh, ideal self.
0: Fantastic. I think uh, that, that kind of rounds it up. But one, one more question. If, there were, um, if I could have asked you something that would have allowed you to share something brilliant, something magnificent, what would that question have been? How would you have answered it?
1: Are you suggesting I haven't already shared magnificent, brilliant things today, Sebastian? Wow. Is it tap. tap, tap. (laughs) I'm so unworthy of love, tap, tap, tap. (laughs) Thanks for crippling my self-esteem, buddy. Um,
0: (laughs) Do what I can on air. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're just giving me more things to tap on. I really appreciate that. Um, Wow. I mean, you you know, it's funny because... We've been talking about self-love because in in a lot of the interviews I've done, which have been on all kinds of different subjects, and they always say at the end, you know, any final thoughts? Mm. And my final thought is, love yourself. Mm. (laughs) So we've already jumped the gun on that one. Um, But it it really is that that key of recognizing how fantastic we really are. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking for great quotes about that. And I was trying to think of there. I'm trying to remember the one I, I just posted on Facebook today, uh, from, uh, Benjamin Disraeli that said, um, nurture great thoughts because you'll never become more than your thoughts. Or uh, it was, it was said so much better than that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, really giving ourselves the freedom to think great thoughts, particularly about ourselves. And, uh, and then we naturally become that. We naturally become that best self. And not only is that a lot more fun for us and creates a much better life, but it's a benefit to others as well because, you know, we have gifts and talents to share. And as we clear the stuff that, that limits us, that holds us back, we are of much greater service to the world. Mm. Well, you
0: saved that well. <laughs> 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 yeah, Nice. I, I, I like how that ends and I can relate to it uh, uh, in that I am such a nicer person <laughs> to other people than I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: absolutely. So hmm. hmm. you can't love yourself more without naturally being more loving towards others.
0: Right. Yeah. Good. Brad, let's move on to the final empowerment round. So, Brad, to empower people on their journey from social anxiety to social confidence, two more quick questions for resources before we say our goodbye. Question one, can you please share with us a book, resource, uh, you know, biography, YouTube, video, movie or anything that is empowering and then share why you chose it?
1: Is it? It may be too self-loving to say this, and this is not meant as self-promotion. But I have a bunch of videos on YouTube. That's cool. uh, at, tapping videos. I for and and you know people have said, do you have a video on self-love? It's like, well, I do have some specifically titled self-love. But to my mind, almost all of my videos ultimately are about self-love because where each one is about chipping away the stuff that hides that. That magnificent self you know that that michelangelo uh imagery so you know and that's that's why i put them out there i have almost 600 at this point and so that it's a very simple free resource that people can easily get to and share with others who might be struggling for uh for clearing out that stuff that keeps us trapped
0: yeah, brilliant. Um, I've uh, I've tapped along with some of them myself, and some of my friends mentioned, uh, "Oh, hey, have you have you heard about Brad Yates?" And yes, great tapping videos <laughs> online. I really really like them, so uh, <laughs> highly suggest you you go check that out. And uh, you know, we link up uh, Brad's channel on the show notes page, which again is com forward slash Brad. So the final question is. Can you please leave us where, with where we can find out more about you, like your website, and then end by sharing your favorite quote?
1: Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, so my YouTube channel is EFT Wizard, but you can also just you know go into Google and type in Brad Yates. And my website is tapwithbrad.com. Finally, uh, in, in years of trying to come up with a, a good thing, it's like I had so many people saying to me, oh, I'm always telling my friends, tap with Brad, tap with Brad. And I thought, Your huh, name. <laughs> <laughs> I should just call my website, tap with Brad. Um, so you can find all kinds of resources there. And uh, favorite quote. So, I, you know, it's like, uh, you know, a mom saying, I love all my children equally. I have so many quotes that I love. So it's, it's hard to say which one is a, is a favorite one. So I'm going to, I've, I've found the, the quote that I, that I posted today. I've just recently been uh, really enjoying the wisdom of Benjamin Disraeli. So nurture your mind with great thoughts for you will never go any higher than you think. Mm -hmm. And, and that plays right into the whole thing of the tavern. It's like, so for whatever, um, whatever keeps your thoughts lower, tap on those, tap on those, you know, whatever, and, and recognize, okay, there's a part of you that doesn't feel safe thinking higher. Oh, it's, you know, the higher you go, the farther you have to fall. Well, the view's much better up there. So whatever thoughts keep you, uh, stuck down below, tap on those. And I think it's our, our natural state to, to think really great thoughts.
0: I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Brad thank you very much. I think it was a fun and enlightening interview. People are really going to yeah, benefit a lot from from this. So so thank you very much for your time.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to do this and and thank you for all the really fantastic work you
0: do. Awesome. All right. Well, if you're listening to this um thank you. If this was helpful for you, share it with someone else who's benefited by it. And then for uh, my personal coaching and my EFT-based social confidence system, you can find more at socialanxietysolutions.com. And everything that we've spoken of and all the resources will be linked up on the show notes page, which is socialanxietysolutions.com forward slash Brad. Or if you're listening to this on your you know phone you go to your podcast player you look at the episode you click on the i button and there you have the show note page immediately and it will open up in your phone you can see it directly hope this has been helpful for you and i look forward to connecting with you next week again bye for now